this is that new show that we're calling Atwamog. <laughs> Atwamog. Hashtag Atwamog. Um, and that's what you missed on Glee. And since we talked last, I did some more research and found out I was wrong in the last one. I actually think there's some shows that do like a corrections corner or like a we fucked up in the last episode. We're probably going to have to do that every episode. And we only all we did was make a mini. But in the last episode, I said, there's no other podcast about Glee. You know what? <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> there are other podcasts. Just we are going to be the better ones of them. Right. I mean, duh. Like, I, I, I've looked at those, right? Like, there's, you know, A, do they all have five stars? I don't think so. B, no. they have, like, two episodes. And right. they started, like, months ago, and they're like, oh, we're going to do all this stuff. Um, they didn't. So right. what you are listening to right now is um, commitment. And, uh, and I think commitment to a fault. Because, as you said, this show at some point uh, has some faults. And I think after watching the pilot, I think there's some faults. <laughs> and <laughs> did you uh, watch the pilot or listen to the pilot? I watched. Watched what? Oh, of the, the episode. I thought you were talking about our show. This is the pilot. Uh, this is the first episode. The mini so does not matter. Oh my god, I'm stupid. I also worked all day for the first time in a long oh time. So I'm a little out of it. Um but also, when it comes to commitment, I mean, I just spent 30 minutes trying to fix up my podcast setup because it was fucking not working. I'm still concerned, but hey, at least I sound good, which is truly all that matters. Mm, I don't think anyone will agree with that, but okay, I'll let you, I'll let you sit with that one real quick. Um, so you, did you finally watch the show? That's my question. I did finally watch the first episode and now I'm anxious for the second one. Cause I know what happens in the second one and I'm just like really excited to watch it. So when we're done with this, I'll probably watch it. So Ryan Murphy has created this show called Glee. And in this pilot episode, the show choir inside of a high school headed by Mr. Hottie Schuster is creating a whole new program called new directions, taking over from someone who shouldn't have been the teacher anymore. We meet some iconic characters, we hear several songs, and the dynamics of these and the characters and how they all relate at the end of the episode come together, and this is the beginning of our new direction. And that's what you missed on Glee. Let's start at the beginning, because this is by far, like, one of my favorite characters of the entire show. You have a love-hate relationship with her. Sue Sylvester comes out, guns a-blazing, with... Honestly, the first line in the entire show is her yelling. Do you think this is hard? Try being waterboarded. That's hard. First line in the entire show is her yelling that at some cheerleaders. And I like how she like, you know, you maybe see her a few times, like kind of sprinkled in this episode uh -huh. and it kind of automatically sets off you know, whoever she might be and whatever she might become coming from again, the first time watcher, I think I know that she's either going to be the source of comedy or she's going to be a great segue as things go on. Um, that kind of puts me on different paths, kind of maybe uh, <laughs> palate cleanses sometimes. Oh, yeah. and also kind of motivates uh, whoever it is that might be. And then potentially might become an antagonist too. who's to say. 
And she is definitely like the comic relief, I will say, for the majority of the show. Obviously, there's like other little funny bits here and there, but like Sue's got my got my heart. And then we have Jerry Curl himself, Will Schuster, this like dorky, poor, <laughs> can't drive a nice car. Will, typical teacher. Typical teacher. But I think he's probably the teacher that like everyone had the hots on in high school, you know? Sure. I mean, he's definitely like, like you can, you know, as you can tell, like in the episode, there's, there's like the other teacher that's kind of maybe interested, but he's also got his relationship that who knows what's happening there. And I think that it's like, it's very, we like that he's in charge of this. What, what is he coming from? Like, like what's his, uh, what's his current role in the school? He's a Spanish teacher. Ah, okay. Yeah. So he's, it's always the, uh, you know, it's always the uh, foreign language teacher. Right. The white Spanish teacher <laughs> ends up becoming yes. a glee show choir. Did your high school have a show choir? Oh, for sure. Uh, Called Spotlighters. <laughs> That's, got, it's gayer than glee. <laughs> That's gotta be. Uh, yeah. And at the start of every uh, performance, behind the curtain, curtain down, they would, you could hear, all you could hear, nothing else was happening, pitch black. You could just hear them like doing like a little rah, rah, hand in the middle situation. And they would go, go spotlighters. And then the curtain would raise. Oh my God. So like my high school didn't have a show choir because we were uh, talented. Um, but (laughs) not saying people in show choir aren't talented, but I don't think it's a thing in the South. I think it's too, what's the right word? Um, but as you can see, this high school is in the Midwest. It's in Ohio. It's in your stomping grounds. Well, what's interesting is that they like ours and really the surrounding ones like that, like allegedly, allegedly, that was kind of like the cool thing to do like they would compete against each other. They would, you know, go to like other schools. They would be the main kind of the, the finale performance of every uh, main, uh, you know, uh, whatever those things are called choir, those, uh, uh, concerts, that's what they're called. Um, they were, they were like the highlight typically, like they were the most fun to watch because they were the most kind of performing and produced and like practiced. Um, so, I mean, I, I always kind of saw that as like, I don't know, like, like talent, more, more talent stuff. Yeah, I mean, so I was in chorus, which is, like, just a very formal singing, like, classically trained. Like, it's, like, all very, like, proper. Where show choir is, like, dancing and flipping and, you know, finger-popping each other's assholes. Like, it's just very different than, like, what we did. Well, and typically they covered, like, iconic songs, too. Right. So, like, watching this from the first time, I didn't, like, I wasn't shook, you know, as things unfolded as they... Exactly, which I think is very different because I watched Glee from like having no perspective of that. I will say this episode is really weird to me because every single scene has a weird cheerleader transition, which I guess when Fox saw the show, they went, we're good because that never happened again. <laughs> they, huh. they saw the pilot and which you'll see in the second episode. Sorry, spoilers for the second episode, but they never they literally never again have this weird cheerleader transition between scenes because it was stupid. Yeah, and I don't think, I mean, is, I forget, is the cheerleader montages accompanied by the kind of acapella transition-y stuff, or no? Um, I want to say so. I don't fully remember, for sure, actually, if there was, like, singing over it, but, yeah, it was weird. I I was not a okay. fan. Um, 
But then we find out who the current Glee Club coach is, which is um, Mr. Sandy Ryerson, who apparently is a pedophile. Now, how do we know this? Because I don't remember this for some reason. Oh, so I guess technically we actually see Rachel. We meet Rachel first, but we don't really find out who she is. Like for sure. They just like start talking. She just starts talking and she goes, I know some people think that I turned Sandy Ryerson in that, that crazy creep Sandy Ryerson. Ah, in. Okay. Um, and then it like zooms in on him, like stroking some like teenage boys chest. Oh, I don't. Re- how do I not remember? This? Which like if any teacher is stroking a teenage boy's chest. Yeah. Pedophile, Probably not. Like, not okay. And I also, I did make a note that we see this scene of him stroking his chest. No joke. And I made a note. This is only two and a half minutes into the episode. So <laughs> the two and a half minutes into the episode, and they have already shown us a crazy ass cheerleader teacher, a weird Spanish teacher, and a pedophile. Two and a half minutes in. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, uh, I mean, you know, for again, 2009 on network TV, <laughs> I think this is, uh, Somewhat trying to, uh, I'm sure on purpose in the pilot, trying to kind of push right. the envelope a little bit. And it's probably what got them picked up. Right. Cause I bet place. you Fox saw this and was like, I don't think we have any shows like this. I don't think there are any shows like this. Maybe yeah. we should keep going. They're like edgy. And then since, you know, pedophiles kicked out, she's got a way to get in on the glee club. You know, he's laying in bed trying to decide how he's going to pay for this new glee club. And then he comes up with the name. New Directions. Gave up with the New Directions. How do you feel about that that like show choir name, the New Directions? I mean, I like that. I forget. I think he read this. He reads it on a plaque, I believe. And it's like, Glee is about opening yourself to happiness. Make it great again. Which, naturally, I read Make It Great Again, and I said, oof, uh, that's really uh, taking a turn for the worse. Yeah, we don't use Uh, that anymore. (laughs) Right. Uh, In this case, it was MIGA, M-I-G-A, versus MAGA. Um, or Mega maybe sounds better on a podcast and in your ears than what I just said did. But I um, and Maga, I also so, agree that yeah. like there's another line in that similar part where it says by its very definition, Glee is um, about opening up to joy. Like joy is, uh-huh. you know, I think that's a good you know start of the show, right? You feel joyful, and that's what it's supposed to bring to you, not just like some weird clammy situation, right? And I think it like it it almost. Uh, it's, it's like, it's giving you the clear, you know, definition of what glee mm-hmm. means. Um, but pointing out why this exists as an escape yep. in the first place for the people who are part of it. And for those that maybe need to be a part of it. So yeah, new directions, I think is, I think it's a good title for like, obviously like a kind of cheesy title, but I think it's a great kind of insinuation and symbolic message that maybe some characters are about to take some new directions and maybe find themselves as they kind of open themselves up to happen. Well, and I also think like for us viewers watching Glee, Glee is an escape from what we're currently, I mean, right. We're in the middle of COVID-19. It's a lot of stressful time and it's kind of nice to escape into something that's kind of nonsense, right? Like this show is not, not reality at all. And so it's kind of nice to escape into that, that escapism, if you will. Right. Just like this podcast, hopefully, hopefully. is for you. So then we get in, he decides the name of New Directions, and then we get into the auditions. And we get to meet so many great characters. Yes. And I like that they kind of utilize the song choice 
to influence or inform on that right because i think that's i think that's important because did you ever audition in it for anything were you ever in like show like not show choir but like theater or chorus or ever anything i remember like vaguely uh like maybe playing like something on a uh like i did the whole band thing uh like drum wise band uh, percussion was the cool way to say that and uh never in like the marching band just the kind of uh concert band um, so, you know, there was a requirement to do something and I don't remember really anything other than that. That was super audition. Well, I was just, what about I you? did a lot of, I mean, I was in theater, I was in chorus. I, you know, auditioned for shows a lot. Um, but your what you, the song you auditioned for does have something to do with who you are, especially when it's something like this, where it's not like you're going for a certain role and you're just going in general. It's definitely the song choice shows who you are. And I think that's perfectly shown with. Miss Mercedes Jones, who is played by Amber Riley with her singing R-E-S-P-C-T by Aretha Franklin. Uh-huh. Right out the gate. Hot. Yeah. Boom. Snap. <laughs> right. And it's, uh, I mean, very, it's a bold choice, right? Like somebody were to sing that onto like American Idol, which is kind of the same concept. Like I'm sure the judges would be like, right. Whoa. <laughs> like, take a step back, consider that choice. But I love that in like, you know, Gallon High School right. is just going for it. And then we get to see Kurt, who very well might be the gayest character in the history of television. <laughs> I think it was like alarming how like, it's like somebody looked up the word stereotype and there was a picture and they said, let's create this in a character. And like, I mean, for... Uh, you know, an openly uh, gay showrunner. Um, fine. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Right. But like at the same time, I think maybe it's on purpose to somewhat kind of challenge that perception and kind of put it there for a minute and kind of let that kind of sit on our tongue, probably for the whole first season. And then we kind of get to see it. I'm More sure we'll see it. Go and I think a little tidbit for you, someone who is not a Gleek is I'm, I might entirely be wrong with this information, but Chris Colfer, who plays Kurt, actually auditioned for the show to play Artie, the kid in the wheelchair. And while he was uh, auditioning, fun fact, <laughs> fun fact. And while he was auditioning, they looked at him and said, we got a role for you. And they wrote this role of Kurt, this very gay character for Chris Colfer based on that audition that he did. Gotcha. Now is he, and uh, is, is he an IRL uh, gay? He is an IRL gay. And that was, I think, also kind of important that, like, an IRL gay was playing a gay character. Because a lot of times before this, you had gay characters played by extremely straight men who were just getting that paycheck. Right. Or, I mean, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the the constant cop-out is challenging themselves as an actor. <laughs> right. Which is not very challenging <laughs> at all. Right. And I think now in this... Uh, and I think that's what I liked about this show. Like that's, you know, that's my, my broad takeaway up front is that like they are kind of doing that stuff and it still matters like now, mm -hmm. um, as we kind of navigate that landscape of like there being kind of more of an uproar when somebody is playing a character and it does not align with their characteristics. Right. And I think, um, what's also cool is the next audition, which is Tina Cohen Chang. When she sings, I kissed a girl. <laughs> huh. I think my favorite part is that like mean girl's thigh slap she does, you uh -huh. know, when she's like, oh, what does she say? But she's just like, and I liked it. Like just super like not 
what you would expect, expect like a choir audition to be. Right. Like, like she practiced with her uh, lesbian mother and her mom was like, you know what gal, you know, what's going to really send them over the top. It's going to really land you the gig. If you do this and they practiced it together and she was like, that's for you, mom afterwards. <laughs> and I know you're, you're a little into, you know, musicals like I am. And I, would say that this next song that's auditioned is by far one of my favorite in all musicals ever, which is On My Own from Les Mis. Ah, okay. Just thinking of little Fontaine, wait, Eponine. Wait, which yeah, one is yeah. it? Eponine. Little Eponine standing there in the rain and singing like On My Own because she's in love with someone who's in love with someone else. Like, And this is insane. when we meet uh, Leah Michelle for the first time, yeah? And this is where we meet Leah well, Michelle for the first time. The first time singing and such. Right. And um, yes. Great. I think Rachel that's Berry. The, and that's, I think the perfect, like uh, uh, the perfect, you know, they really present her as this, like, like she's very proud of like what she's capable of mm-hmm. and knows that like, it's potentially going to carry her somewhere at some point. Like she's that one person who might be a star and, They've given her the song, or she's chosen the song, right? right? Of this, like that shows a lot of range. That's like it's a, it's a, you know, it's a musical. Like it is performed by serious song stresses only, um, and I think it's kind of encapsulates perfectly who she is and maybe kind of how successful she may or may not be either on the show or as a character. It's also great because you also immediately get to see her knocked down while singing with a slushy thrown in the face. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Which is very like a uh, scarlet letter. Oh. Uh, I, I don't know. I had vibes like that. Yeah. Like yeah, where yeah. she's like the outcast of sorts and it's like she's been marked as like the, uh, I don't know, the loser. That's that's what it kind of hit. Kind me of like Carrie too, right? Like blood, red, yeah. like very. The symbolism of the slushy is very, very, very deep. Oh yes, it's a very, uh, it's a, it's a frozen. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a something. It's an ice cube of a morsel. And who doesn't love it when it's deep? Um. So speaking of deep, she has two gay dads. Uh, <laughs> and I think my favorite line is, I'm gonna paraphrase this here, but she goes, "Oh, what is she? I'm not homophobic. I have two gay dads. One of them is black. One of them is white. They put their." sperm in a peace treatise and they don't know which one's my father where you have a black man a white man and then white ass rachel berry and it's like right of course we know who your father is but she's obviously just like i mean is she truly that white i mean she's she's got some she's a little bit not i I mean she's oh this might be a spoiler Mm, okay Oh, uh, wow. Okay, cool. Uh, um, let's pretend it didn't happen. Um, um, what's next? <laughs> what were yeah. you going to say? Though I do think that that's like a funny bit, because I think most people have, you know, have somewhat made that joke right. before, where they're like, well, let's just like, you know, a turkey baster and see what happens. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And it's like, I love that like that story has potentially been told to her at some point. You know, instead of the stork dropped us off at the doorstep, they were like, we put this in a Petri dish and we, you know, and like, we, but we love you the same. Like I, there's, there's some hilarious backstory of, you know, whatever that possibly was. And we do get to see her create MySpace video. She was like, my MySpace schedule keeps me very busy, which like really dates the show a little bit. Oh yeah. I wrote it down. I wrote down MySpace. Like, 
Like that was a thing in 2009. Like I, I had one, I had my top eight of friends. I had like a little blog on there. It was, it was, that was a space to be like, that was cool before, you know, Facebook came in and just squashed it like the bug it was. And Tom got out. of <laughs> Well, this also kind of dates the two or like separates the two of us and our ages because I was not allowed to have a MySpace because MySpace's terms and conditions idea to be 14. And my parents being the <laughs> very strict parents they were, were very into that, that I had to be 14. And I was a do-gooder and had to be sure that I followed the rules. So I never got a MySpace. And by the time I turned 14, MySpace was dead. Facebook had come out. Facebook wow. was not just out, but it was like for, because, you know, Facebook started as like just for college students. At this point, Facebook was like, our parents were on it. And so it was... MySpace was dead. So I never got to experience the MySpace age like you old people did. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, I did it. It was cool. That was my high school. Anywho, next. <laughs> I uh, do actually like, too, that we get to see her making her MySpace videos, but then we get to see two more characters that are pretty prominent in the show. Quinn and Santana are some cheerleaders that are making fun of her, you know, her little videos. And Santana obviously being Naya Rivera and Quinn being... uh. Diana Agron, who I'm in love with both of them very, very much. But I think this is, now that we've kind of been introduced to the majority of our characters, I think this is a good time to take a break. Okay, so where we left off is everyone had auditioned for the show choir, and then we get to actually see the first official song of the New Directions all together. And I think there's five of them, right? Artie, who didn't audition, Rachel, Mercedes, Kurt, and Tina. And okay. they're singing probably the worst song that's ever been invented, which is Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it makes me think of... The last performance I remember doing, I was in sixth grade and it was a choir performance <laughs> and the prop <laughs> that we had I want pictures. You know, on stage, the prop that we had were bath towels, beach towels, maybe more likely. And the song was splish splash. I was taking a bath. I need video I footage. Turned. You know, your mom has video footage somewhere. And like someone had said, you know, if you turn to your partner and for some reason they're not there, then you just do it anyways. You know, like you just act like they're there. And so I turned and my partner was nowhere to be found. I was partnerless and I was the only one and I just faked it and then got the hell off that stage. You did what you had to do. You got in, you got out. The show must go on. Um, and then we actually do hear a little thing from Figgins, the principal of the school, which I think is really important for not to spoil things, but it it obviously seems important, right? Like when he talks about that they have to place at regionals. Right. He goes, you have to place at regionals or you're out. Yeah, it sets the stakes. Got to be some sort of inciting action to make the whole season last, right? Like what is making, what are they going for? Are they just trying to create a show choir to sit there or are they going to create a show choir to compete? Right. Yep. (laughs) And then we get to meet Shu's lovely wife, Terry. (laughs) who is actually one of my favorite like actresses in general. Cause she always kind of plays this like off kilter kind of crazy bat shit lady. 
And she plays it in Glee, too. And she works at Sheets and Things as a part-time manager. Assistant manager, (laughs) sorry. Yeah. And, like, they're already hurting for money. Right. And then you've got, like, more hurt for money. Like, you know, jointly, it's it's like, it's clearly, like, the only reason they're still together at this point. Is to have a shared income. And I think one of my favorite lines that she ever says is Will offers her a sandwich with mayo on it. She goes, does it have mayo? And he goes, sure. And she goes, well, Will, if my diabetes comes back, I can't get pregnant. (laughs) From mayonnaise? (laughs) Which is a 90% fat food. (laughs) Right. Also, you know, somewhat setting the stakes. (laughs) Like, Like, this is all we have at this point. And if you ruin it by this sandwich, so help me. And she goes... Um, Will, I can't cook dinner for you. I work four hours a day, three days a week. Yeah. <laughs> she works 12 hours and she's like <laughs> freaking out. Uh, it's excuse after excuse. And it's like the relationship is on the rocks. This thing is like sinking fast. There's only one thing that could potentially save it. Are you saying that's not a healthy relationship? Should I change my relationship platform on how I expect to get married? I think if you've got that relationship um, or those those hopes, those high hopes of a relationship, then maybe reconsider and slash or prepare yourself to be a Ross Geller with three divorces. (laughs) And then we also get to meet the chronic lady, which is back to the pedophile, which I, I remember first watching it thinking you would see this pedophile for two seconds and then never see him again. And then he pops back up as a weed dealer. (laughs) Right. Which ends up coming in handy, obviously because, um, Mr. Shoe, Gets to utilize it mm-hmm. as a reason to force football boy Finn, <laughs> on Finn Hudson, ben, ben, Finn, Finn on to, uh, he kind of scares him into being like, oh, well, you know, uh, we found this in your locker. Yeah. I've got a reason to, you know, it was a little, I mean, good move. He needed a good leading move, man. And so he had to kind of force force him into it. Right. But I do think which he identifies him to be his leading man by sneaking around the men's restroom. And by men, I mean boys because they were in high school. Yes. The boys locker room hears him singing and then stares at him naked in the shower. Uh huh. Also did your, which I am sure in 2009, probably if there was an internet set it a flutter, you know, it set up probably some, uh, some, uh, what's that called? Fanfic. Uh. Uh, of, you know, more like fan dick. Am I right? Uh, (laughs) Of that moment. So, I mean, it was very, uh, you know, every time there's a show that kind of shows one of those moments in the locker room, but they're in high school. I'm always kind of like, hold on. And some shows literally show like, Oh, ass, right. Euphoria shows teenagers penises, but like, they're not teenagers in real life, but like the characters are teenagers and you're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? I'm always very confused by like, it takes you out of it a little bit. So, but this one was fine. He doesn't really see much, you know, who knows what angle he's looking at, but he identifies his leading man. And I got to say, I'll be real honest hearing that in the shower. I was like, he's not a good singer. Oh no, it's not. (laughs) I don't think he was that good. (laughs) And also it's kind of creepy the way that will finds him. But I do think we get to dive into Finn's story a little bit right off the bat with his mom and him being a single, him having a single mom. And all her mom does, all his mom does is obsessed with deadbeats. And his mom wears the most iconic outfit of this episode, in my opinion, which is this black sweater, a jean jacket, and then dark denim jeans. (laughs) 
That's all I ever want to see anyone wear ever again. And I will wow. post a photo on our Instagram so that everyone can go see it. So go take a look at Atwamog Instagram because that's going to be some good shit. So after we learn about Finn's story, we do get to hear this second Glee song. This one featuring Finn. So we now have a show choir of six people, which was something from Greece. Uh, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, the last song from Greece. Um, yep. Uh, you're the one that I want. You are the one I want. Yes. Yep, that one. <laughs> you and I just looked right. at each other for like ten seconds. We're like, we don't fucking Good. know. <laughs> couldn't remember it i remember it being greece and i've never really like seen the original movie so i just couldn't bless it <laughs> you're canceled Sorry. you're done you're fired off the show i know the most i know which is sad is the nbc like you know musical which was actually not which bad. i think is pretty it's good it's actually not bad right vanessa hutchins plays better. a great rizzo yeah. Um, well, it's funny because during the song, you realize that they all have boners for Finn when he opens his mouth. They have, um, oh. as they say in Pitch Perfect, they have toners. It's a musical boner. Um, yeah. <laughs> for him. And again, I say his singing, not that great. I will always say that he's not that great of a singer, but when it comes to rounding out vocals, you do need like a strong baritone. And I think that's what he brings to the choir. So I get the whole like leading man thing, but he also like, I'm sure just like plays that like him as an actor just plays that great character. You know, at least it's not like high school musical one where they have Zac Efron sing playing and Drew Seeley singing like, right. At least we have the same person. Right. And I'm like, is it acting? Is it really just his singing? Like, I'm like, is this going to get better? I really hope so. Right. And then I think Mercedes is the great little button where she goes, hell to the no, Mr. Shoe. I am no background singer. And I'm like, give us everything you're giving us. Amber Riley, keep it going. <laughs> Let that man know that you are not a background singer. And he goes, next time, like, simmer down. <laughs> kind of shuts her up for a little yeah. bit. And I just kind of love how, like, and this is, like, the moment where you get to see them all kind of kick together as a group. And you're kind of, like, you know, you're, you're checking off the boxes for all the uh, minority representation. You got your wheelchair. You got your brown. You got your you white. Got your Asian. You got all the, <laughs> yeah, you got your little bag of Skittles on stage. You know, taste that rainbow. And then we get back to crazy ass Terry with her and Will in their house together. And they're in like the craft room or something building a puzzle. <laughs> and she, and she was right. like, Dr. Phil said people can change. Like, shut up. Like he's not going to be an accountant. <laughs> he loves glee. Your husband's obviously not in love with you anymore. Like move on. <laughs> right. You're really pushing his passions out the door. You're saying money matters more. Um, which I mean, to be fair, I get it, but not ideal in this scenario when you guys already don't like each other. Right. And then I think this also like, I like the way that they kind of segued right from this, like almost fight that they're two are having to then us focusing back on Emma. We didn't mention earlier, but Emma Pillsbury, the guidance counselor with her red hair. She's obviously got some things going on. We, we briefly touched on it. She's the one that's a little bit interested in in Mr. Shoe and the football coach is a little interested in her. Mr. Ken Tanaka He's all yes. about him, some Emma Pillsbury, but not an ideal love triangle. <laughs> Correct. And I think I'd made this note. I said, Emma was kind of smart before COVID. She was wiping off her grapes. She wouldn't touch the gum on the bottom of her shoe. <laughs> she was ahead <laughs> of her time. She knew it was coming. Yeah. In fact, in my notes, I have something that says like COVID pencil, which I don't remember what that means, but there must be a pencil ah. at some point in this episode that I was like, Ew. yes, he goes, 
Will puts on a sign on the wall that says, we need chaperones. She wipes off the pencil with Clorox and then yes, signs it. That's what I, there you go. We, I, there we are. <laughs> I, yep. I picked up on that too. I said, this is a good girl. And then we get back to another iconic line from Sue. Cause we see cheerleaders happen again. And she goes, you think this is hard? I'm living with hepatitis. That's hard. <laughs> uh-huh. Which I think is potentially the funnier line of the show. Thing. Right. But I think we get to see two love triangles played back to back right in the first episode. We get to see the Will is married to Terry. Terry is crazy. Will also might like Emma. Emma loves Will, right? Like we're seeing that love triangle. Then we're also seeing Rachel yep. now likes Finn. She's got a toner for him. And Finn is uh-huh. dating the president of the celibacy club, Quinn Fabray. President of the Celibacy uh, Club. Which my high school did not have. Oh, we did. Um, I don't know if yours we, did. We, my high wow. school taught that abstinence was the best form of sex, or best form of birth control. Uh, we had a GSA, uh, a gay straight alliance. Oh, my school didn't have that. We had um, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, <laughs> we had wow. Bible studies that happened before and after school. At This is not a Christian school, but this is what happens when you're in North Carolina. Fine. And... I think what's great about president of the celibacy club is they cut to a scene of her and Finn making out on the couch. And before things get too hot, she goes, wait, let's pray. If you were making yeah. out with someone and they said, wait, let's pray. Do you just get up and leave? Is that the immediate reaction? I mean, for some people, you know, they're like, this is my kink, right? Like it's the only reason they talked to blank in the first place because they had to somehow you know, be the excuse for them to do something different. Like they, that, that in their head is some kind of magic, yeah. right? Um, it lights a, it lights a flame. Um, and I think it was just like, it was very, uh, reminiscent of like a, uh, you know, I did something bad, but it's okay. I can get forgiven for it. Uh, you know, if I pray, it's almost like it didn't happen. Um, which I think is, you know, somewhat darling. Um, but like, it's like the perfect little, like, again, there's some backstory there where like, it's the perfect little like parenting trap, like that she has it in her head, but she's like, but I've found a way around it. And I think that's like every kid's like, you know, where's the line and how can I tiptoe over it? And I think that we're going to see a lot of that. in the Oh, show. for sure. And then we cut to the field trip that she put up that sign for, which is a trip to Carmel yes, high Carmel. At Carmel High, which was our, my, literally, my, Carmel High was my biggest competitor. Wait, it's a real high school? No joke. We're getting some Indiana hot takes. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, I'm like, like, I I had to like think back and be like, did I ever see Ryan Murphy in the stands? They must, I mean, he must have done some scouting. There's no way it was coincidence. Right? So (laughs) there's no way. Absolutely no way. Pronounced by some as Carmel. Ew, don't ever. Um, <laughs> yep. But their high school show choir is called Vocal Adrenaline. And what did you think of their rendition of Rehab by Amy Winehouse? R.I.P. Um, I mean, I think, A, what a great song to choose, right? right? Um, and I think what a great song to kind of choose and, like, do something to mm-hmm. it. You know, like, add some pizzazz, add some razzle-dazzle, and it's like the perfect little way to choose kind of like a somewhat not slow song, but somewhat kind of like mellow song and like show what they're all about. And they're like, they throw flips in there. They throw like, you know, outrageous things. There's costume, there's all sorts of stuff. And I think that's a great way to show what show choir should be doing. <laughs> and it kind of gives them all 
a something to aspire to and B it kind of leaves them all a little hopeless when there's been somewhat of a hope. Right. And especially with, then you get to hear Tina's like stutter. She's like, we're doomed. And it's like, (laughs) you're like, that's it. Like you are doomed. You're against this crazy, like show choir, 40 people. And there's six of you. Like there's no, no real hope. Right. And then immediately after we kind of learn about the classes, class system built up within McKinley high when Finn is leaving this show and all the football players surround him with paintball guns and you hear Puck go women don't have prostates and then they all just shoot him because he said he was going with his mom to get her prostate taken out right like like they've caught him in a lie and he actually went on the field trip and I think it's like the perfect little like you know hazing ritual of sorts where they like that he is like almost their leader of swords, right? But yet let's put him down because he's decided to do something, uh, not even of his own volition, you know, like that he has kind of been tricked into for extra credit. So that he doesn't get in trouble for having weed. Right. And that like, that's like, that's their way of, you know, like, like punishment. Right. But they don't know this and he doesn't want to tell them that instead he just gets berated for it by paintballs. And like those things those things hurt. hurt. And you know, what also hurts not taking another break. comes back from Carmel High School where he had this weird little like flirty thing with Miss Pillsbury to his wife holding two glasses of I'm assuming a sparkling apple juice where she says I'm pregnant. Oh, so I guess the whole time we've been calling Mr. Schuster or Mr. Shoe, Mr. Shoe, and apparently his first name is Will. So Will. Oh, yes. Will Schuster. Okay, cool. And yes. And again, I've been hinting at it this whole episode. The one thing that could possibly keep them together. Uh Oh, we did it. You didn't put mayo on my sandwich. We're pregnant. Now, do you think that? Well, he did put mayo on her sandwich. If you know what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) do you think that she's actually pregnant or do you think it's some like weird, like, let me trap him in here and then maybe I'll get pregnant sort of thing. I think she's actually, I feel like I don't know that she knows that there's any other potential options. I mean, like they're married. Right. She doesn't know about Emma. Yeah. It's not like it's this weird relationship where she's like, you know, like a boyfriend girlfriend situation. And like, there's, there's gotta be some kind of trapping somewhere. They're already married. So she is trying to force him to take that accounting job so she can spend more money at pottery barn and quit sheets and things. That's true. And and keep hiding things in the closet and like, Ooh, I have a pottery barn addiction. Like what a weird addiction. I mean, I also have a pottery barn addiction and I blame Rachel from friends for that. Well, sure. That apothecary, I feel, you know, I was looking at that apothecary table the other day. Oh, we love an apothecary table. And so if you find out you're having a child and you only make 30 grand a year, because this is what, what I'm assuming a teacher in Ohio makes in 2009, what do you do? You quit your job to become an accountant. Right. It's just so like, how convenient. 
that you right. have this option to be like, well, the whole time I could have just been making three times as much. Who knew? And for some reason I chose my passion. And I feel like, I don't know about you, when you watch, like you're watching it for the first time, but I remember even watching it the first time and being like, there's no way that they're hyping up this character so much and this glee club that he's created for him to actually leave McKinley. Right. Like right. that's not, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I always hate that. I always hate that when it comes to like a main character and they're like, are we going to kill them off? And it's like, you know, they're not going Unless to. Unless if it's Shonda so Rhimes, like cause you know, she's leave. like main character well, snatched. Sure. <laughs> that's true. But <laughs> I just think, yeah, it was kind of a weird, uh, you know, what's that called? A bait and hook. Is that what they call that? Yeah. It was a weird, like weirdly not executed. It, like it, it needed to be something. Yeah. Bait and switch. Um, but at the same time, it was not really believable to, commemorate his leaving McKinley, Will Schuster ends up singing leaving on a jet plane, which I'm pretty sure is by John Deere, not John Deere. That's a tractor company. He's, I've completely forgotten. Did he, he sing in the episode? Yeah. He's like, it's just him. And there's like a montage of all the kids and he's just like strumming away on a guitar and he goes, I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's randomly on stage and he's got a spotlight on mm-hmm. him. <laughs> and, Way to take your one last moment, your one last like limelight. Right. And what weird fun story about me is I actually competed in my second grade talent show wearing a little, you know, button up tie slacks briefcase and saying leaving on a jet plane and second grade talent show. That was my shit. There's videos of me somewhere as a kid. And it's like obviously on the really bad like video recorder that's still on a tape and it, it starts down at the ground and then it moves up to me and. It's like shaking the whole time. I have a picture from also, let's say second grade around the same time where I had drawn like things I like and things I hate. And for things I hate, I literally have a person playing a guitar and someone next to him and below I it's, he's covering his ears and below I wrote down country music for things I hate. And this is in second grade (laughs) because it's bad. So you've always been a sassy. I have taste in second grade. So I've always had taste, man. Uh, And then, so Will leaves the Glee Club and therefore Rachel becomes the person in charge. She like storms up to Finn and she goes, I'm in charge. leaves for all of five minutes. Yeah. And I think the best part was Quinn coming up to them talking and her being like, no, actually, no, Santana looks at Rachel and goes, hey, RuPaul. And obviously the first time me watching this being in eighth grade and being, you know, a sweet little straight boy, I didn't know who RuPaul was. <laughs> and, but I still thought it was hilarious. I was like, ha 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 RuPaul. And I was like, and now I'm like, oh, that's actually 10 times funnier because she's calling her a drag queen. We then get to see kind of like a redemption of Finn, which I think is like really important for obviously the overall character arc. Cause after he got, you know, the paintballs shot at him. You're kind of thinking, Oh, he's going to be like a a dick again and go back to bullying people. But when puck surprises him with Artie, that wheelchair kid from Glee club into a porta potty to tip over. Finn makes the better decision. Oh yeah. He gets that redeeming moment. He's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And then he pulls him out and he's like, Hey buddy. And they're like, Whoa, bro. So I feel like, I mean, you know, you, you get the redeeming moment because you really, I, he, every other show in the world, he's going to go be a jerk. He's going to mm-hmm. go quit. It's going to be all dramatic. It's going to be like, I can't handle this. Uh, the end of the world's going to happen. And instead, he saves, he saves, he saves the day. He saves the wheelchair kid. And I think 
<laughs> a pretty funny part is like when he just goes on his rant about calling everyone losers. He's like, we're all losers. This whole town is losers. I'm a loser. And it's like, grow up. <laughs> what, what a speech. 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 Never Please mind. Please stop talking. Cut it out. <laughs> I think the writers there were like, we've been writing this pilot for 10 years and we're getting really tired. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel that a lot on the show. They're like, uh, sure. You know, next what's his name? That there's a piece of, how about art or Artie? Yes. Okay, cool. What a name. Artie. And I think what's kind of cool is, you know, Rachel was, um, sorry, RuPaul was deciding to kind of take over the glee club once Will left. And then Finn comes back and he goes, what, you know what? I'm the leading man and I'm going to take over the glee club and actually do some shit with this little like team huddle meeting. And I would like to point out Mm -hmm. what Kurt is wearing and I will put a picture up on Instagram because it is by far the gayest outfit I think I've ever seen. I don't even remember. Is it gayer than the opening? Yes. Cause I'm pretty sure he has like a brooch that like covers like half of his chest. Okay, Zach, check your messages. What is okay. that? Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's like some sort of weird sweater on the bottom. <laughs> it's like it's like they gave him the sweater vest, which I is what I would call yeah. the gray thing. Um, it's like you know V neck with like the collar popping through, which is fine. Then they then added a little sprinkle of sparkle mm-hmm. with the hat, and then somebody said, "Nope, I just don't think we're there yet," and grabbed this blue rug from like. Ryan Murphy's bathroom on set and said, wrap that I think that it. sweater is actually the original sweater from devil wears Prada where Andy goes, uh, blue and Miranda Priest is like, actually that's the Rubium. like blah, 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 blah. It's actually that sweater. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. And so Finn decides then after, you know, he looks at Kurt's gay outfit and goes, I'm going to give all of you assignments. And he gives everyone an assignment and then looks at Tina and goes, Tina, what are you good at? And before she can say anything, because she starts stuttering, he goes, we'll find something out. (laughs) Just like cuts her off, which I think just kind of shows this show is kind of (laughs) racist. Well, he is white, so, you know. And then we get to see the first amazing, and I think, okay, when you think of Glee, what song do you think of? Fucking Journey. Fucking Journey, fucking Don't Stop Believing, and that is the song we hear to wrap up the pilot episode. It's like literally every commercial ever made or ad for the show is like, hey, we know we're going to get the kids. We're going to get that audience. No problem. You know, the, the key 18 demographic. But how are we going to get those oldies? Hmm. Hmm. Journey. Yes. And the writer room all agreed in unison. And they said, oh, that's also cheap. Like we can easily book, like, you know, we can easily get the rights. So there you have it. And I think it's also that in my head, I'm I'm thinking, so Finn chose the song, right? He chose Don't Stop Believing. Like, I get it that, like, macho football players aren't, like, listening to Lady Gaga, but at the same time, like, you're listening to Journey. You're li- like, well, he's listening to what his dad's listening his to. His dad, you know? He's a bro. <laughs> he's a guy's guy. His dad is dead. <laughs> he's listening to what his stepdad is listening to. He doesn't have to. a stepdad. You, did you forget the whole montage? <laughs> it's highly possible. Well, he had his mom's boyfriend. That's true. The, the grass dyer. Right, which to me is essentially his stepdad. Also, of the moment, I don't think I ever asked week. you, 
Is that a thing in Indiana? Do they just dye your grass instead of water it? Thousand percent no. I've never even heard of that. And I was like, hmm. Uh, no, we just on we just constantly water and pretend like water is a renewable resource. Uh, you know. So you're not California. Yeah. We. No, no, no. We scoff at like we do that, and then we purposely take plastic bottles and cans and throw them into the trash and laugh. <laughs> I. It's very Midwest. I will say that don't stop believing. One. They put Mercedes in charge of outfits. Do you think she really would have chosen red shirts and jeans? Like, is that a Mercedes outfit? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know her well enough yet. But, like, you got her from R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And when she went, hell to the no, Mr. Shoe. Like, we know that she's... Got she's flair. got flair. But I will say from sit down your rock in the boat to don't stop believing, we saw a lot of growth. Yeah. Well, we saw too much growth for one episode. Truly. I mean, they had to do a lot of character development for what, eight, nine characters? Right. And I was like, hold on, we're all good at singing now? Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, so much so that like we're going to change people's minds. We're going to anger everybody in the school in the process. Like what a dramatic, in- whatever, you know, song. Finale. Which I think was actually really cool the way that they ended it because you saw you had a foreshadowing for the rest of the season or the series, which was Will walks in. Obviously it's going to change his mind because he sees them singing. You see Sue walk in with the cheerleaders. Quinn is pissed off at her, you know, boyfriend's dancing with RuPaul. And then you see puck walk in that macho football player. So, you know, some shit's going to go down. All these people who have never once stepped foot in that auditorium (laughs) have all decided to step foot on this exact moment. And I love how, yeah, Will's making this decision again, doc, Mr. Shoe on the spot. You know what? These kids can sing. Therefore, <laughs> if they couldn't, I was going to quit, but because, because they, they can, can sing, I'll let it slide. <laughs> right. And Sue's got like stank face on. I don't even know what she's mad about, but apparently, you know, these people can sing and that angers uh cheerleader and coach. Uh, yeah. What's puck puck. Yeah. Puck's angry boy. Um, but maybe envious. Maybe he's like, I wish I could do that. I wish I was gay. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, yeah. Then the, you know, in 2009, a football player only related singing to being gay. Like that wasn't like a, Oh, you're just talented and you can do other things. It was, Oh, you're gay. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I talked to my, uh, sister earlier who's having a baby and I said, so are we, are we gendering this child? You know, I didn't know your sister was having a baby. Oh yeah, there you go. News. And I said, are we going to gender this child? You know, are we going to throw pink and blue at things and pretend like that matters? And you know, then they're like trying to figure it out. And I'm like, it's, it's a 33% chance, you know, it's going to be a boy. It's going to be a girl or it's going to be a they. And they're going to let me know what they are at some point. If anything, I do think that, yeah, in 2009, that was probably the kind of questionable, like, uh, I don't know. Like there was definitely, you know, like I mentioned, we had that GSA club, but like right. there was still some, there was still some happenings that like didn't really add up. Um, it, not like it, it didn't like it. There, there's some things that I remember happening that I was like, Ooh, that, that can't be right. Like that can't be something that like be like a good thing to do. Right. You know, like stereotypically or like any of that. So yeah, I think this show kind of nails that. Um, from the sense of that is the perspective in that time frame, But I think it's also 
hinting at the way of trying to go above and beyond that. Yeah, I think so too. And I think like it was also a perfect way to end the episode to then move on to what could be next, you know, what could, you know, what will it develop into? You mean like a new direction? Exactly. A new direction. Now, I think we should do this segment to kind of like wrap up every episode where we talk about, it's a little different in this episode, obviously, but where we talk about which song that was sung was our favorite. Oh God. And it could be Uh, your favorite because it was good. It could be your favorite because it made you so uncomfortable. You try to crawl out of your skin. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, sure. But which one was your favorite, Zach? I... I think that um, I think that seeing the range of Rachel really, I a I love that again. It kind of like speaks to her kind of soul. If you want to get a really that symbolic when it comes to like the song, uh, how she's trying to like make her own path on her own. But I think also that it shows that, like, you know, she is the talent. She is the glue that's holding that team together. Um, And I think I just appreciated that it was like, okay, one of these people can sing. (laughs) (laughs) At least, at least one. Um, And therefore, like, she becomes our strong kind of female lead. Right. As a result. And I don't really. Otherwise, the show is lacking that until that point. Exactly. And I don't really know if the show, like, what. What Fox was looking at, I mean, obviously the show was good, but like who there's always that one actor that they're like, oh, we got them. So therefore the show is going to be great. And I don't know who it was, but, you know, Leah Michelle had a huge Broadway career before she even started on the show. She was in like Spring Awakening when she was like nine years old or something. So, you know, they might have been like, oh, well, she could probably actually sing. So let's get her on this show or something. Also a good recommendation. Spring Awakening. I've never seen Um, it. I've never seen it, but I've listened to the soundtrack a lot. But I will so. say, yeah, Rachel Berry singing on my own. It's really good. It was a really good, really good take. Yeah. Is that, are you agreeing with me or you have a different favorite? I have a different favorite, but I will say that's like my uh, close second. Um, I have another side, or as you would say, another point to, uh, uh-huh. to contradict you. Um, and I would say the Carmel High vocal adrenaline version of rehab by amy winehouse that like i remember i literally wrote down watching it again this time and just put wow wow because <laughs> it's just like i think we talked about this earlier but like you get to it's like a slower song in general but they're like doing backflips you know they're the when that girl walks down the steps and she goes she's like i'd rather be at home with jay and she's just like shimmies in front of everyone like uh-huh. it's a great time Great time. Carmel High, 10 out of 10, would recommend. Very, very risque Carmel High. Carmel. Oh, right. Were they as risque? Does Carmel, does Carmel High, uh, do they, uh, they, do they recur? Am I allowed to ask that? Do they recur throughout the series? I will, uh, I will spoil something, I guess, but. Like, do I get to see them again is my question. Do you think they would have made that much focus on them if you were never to see them again? No, and I guess not. But is it Will did say is it going to be like 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 full circle finale or do I get to see them like, you know, midway through? Will did say that uh, <laughs> he's like, they're going to be our biggest competition at regionals. And we know that this whole thing is about regionals because that's the only way that well, we know this to stay. 
Oh my god! So that means that like that sounds like a finale, or maybe like a mid-season finale. Some shows do that shit. This right, this show I'm actually on. does always do mid-season finales. There was always a break because it was like a you would watch it. Is it a twenty-four episode show? It's a twenty-four episode show, and I'm pretty sure it always went like September to April. So it was almost like you're watching it with a school year. And so, yeah, and you get that winter break. You would get a winter break, which I think was like perfect. And I, they don't have one the first season, but the holiday episodes are my fucking jam. You know, I love the Ugh. holidays. <laughs> you know, I hate the holidays. Oh my God, that's all I love. God, oh. I'm going to be like, skip. And then we'll get on the show and we'll record and I'll be like, I, I skipped this one. <laughs> Go ahead. I, it's just, just me it talking you. for an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God have mercy on their souls. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't know. So um, I think, I mean, it's a worthy pilot. I think that, like, I understand why it was picked up. I think you do have a lot of character development. I enjoy, um, I enjoy Mr. Shu. I enjoy um, his potential rom with the redheaded uh, teacher lady. I love some, I like Leah Michelle already and her two gay dads that she's not sure who she's from. Um, and it's definitely the black. I, one. <laughs> and I dislike, yeah, here's my recap for the show. And I disc and I, my, my, you know, conclusion and I dislike Finn's singing voice right now. Um, and I'm hoping it's just like him acting that he's not that great and he becomes better. Um, and I'm excited to see more of Sue Sylvester. Um, I feel like, like that's, I feel like I know her name before you said her name, mm-hmm. which tells me that she's somewhat of an iconic character. And I do like when she guest stars on things. So, I mean, and Jane Lynch would have a great career with her game show, <laughs> Hollywood game night for, for oh. sure. <laughs> Quality yes. television right um, there. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I think there's enough kind of set up in terms of relationship turmoil. Um, you know, from the adults to the teachers to the kids. And I mean, I'm already seeing the beginnings of the potential, again, with no context, potential uh, Finn and Rachel love because clearly that's coming. And clearly, I don't know if it's the right answer because I think his cheerleader girl is probably pretty attractive from what I remember. But sure, you know, I guess we have to consider the soul and maybe... Maybe he's not into the religious thing. I don't know. Let's find out. Maybe. Do you have, before we, you know, watch the next episode, do you have any predictions for episode two? Anything you think might happen? I think Mr. Shoe's going to get a little bit more domestic. Um, so much so that he gets annoyed by his wife because she's asking for more than usual. She's going to decide, oh, I'm pregnant and therefore I just can't work at the sheets place anymore. She works 12 hours he's a week. Make her mad. Absolutely. He's going to make her mad. Cause he's going to be like, girl, I can't leave this, but maybe he's going to keep telling her that he's not teaching, that he is an accountant or something. And mm, oops, maybe lying. Maybe to he's her. not. Yes. So I think, which is the foundation of every marriage as we've talked about. <laughs> so I think that there's going to be some trauma there. It's going to probably get like, I don't know. I, I don't want to go too far, but at some point other teacher lady is going to, going to, you know, get in there. Um, otherwise, uh, Finn, I mean, he's going to get ragged on a little bit more because obviously now, uh, puck has seen him actually sing and he's like, Whoa. And he probably thinks it's good for some reason. Um, 
And for some reason, you're gonna. It's, we should just rename this show to Zach Hates Finn Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, I predict that we will no longer see a cheerleader montage because you have said that several times that we will not. I think <laughs> past this episode. I think it's because it's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I don't think I gotta say this, but I really do love. I, I don't know if love's the right word, but I really do appreciate the acapella transitions. I think those are fun. I think it's very like, how do we get from point A to point B? Well, we have this annoying acapella. Yeah. I think that's new. so fun. Cause it's like, it could be some stupid music that they picked yeah. up, but instead they went for the voice. They went for like, and it's like clearly what you should do, but I think it's a good, uh, it's a good, it's a good, you know, it's a good look. I agree. Well, um, this wraps up the pilot of, Glee, which would also mean that we are at the end of our first episode of That's What You Missed on Glee. And if that is what you missed, well, you haven't missed it anymore because we just told you. Because the episode's over and you know everything now. (laughs) Absolutely. You're welcome. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Atwamog. Hashtag. Hashtag Atwamog. And if you haven't subscribed and you're somehow listening to this... I would argue that I'm confused at what you're doing. A, how did you find us? How? Tell me. And B, push that subscribe button. Duh. Just go ahead and uh, smash that subscribe for me right now. Just uh, smash that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that if you like this uh, conversation and uh, want to share it with other people, well, yes, you could technically share it with them. We love word of mouth, but the only way to really let us be found and pop out in the search results as it were is to give us five stars because that looks like it doesn't matter, but trust me, uh, it's rigged. It's all rigged. (laughs) Five stars matters. (laughs) And I would also say, if you like the sound of my voice, give us five stars. If you like the sound of Zach's voice, give us five stars, but put in the notes, Dalton's voice is better. (laughs) And then we'll know (laughs) who you voted for. (laughs) Well, Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back for episode two next week and we'll see you next time. Or will we glee you next time? Okay, goodbye.